1: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Politically Georgia podcast, where we bring you news and analysis from all the latest Georgia shenanigans in Congress and under the gold dome. And today we're joined by AJC veteran, Grizzled, Capitol correspondent, James Salzer, to talk about the first week of the Georgia legislature and all the action that, that unfolded right before our very eyes. Grizzled. Let's talk about all that. It started with the um, wild hog supper, the annual kickoff to the legislative session. But really, the action first started for real on on Monday, um, and it was kind of a busy week for as as first weeks go because you have you had the governor, state of the state, you had the budget come out, and you had um, a very fast moving tax bill that you covered.
2: Right. They so they they uh, uh, the, the Senate leaders came up pretty quickly and said. Um, We're going to, you know, the state needs revenue, and so we're going to go and and quickly move to pass this bill that didn't pass last year, kind of passed both chambers, but they didn't end up getting a deal in the end. And it would tax um, kind of third-party vendors who you you buy things or or services through uh, either online or apps, and uh, last year, the big um, hang up on it was. That um, Uber didn't want to pay sales tax on rides, um, and they thought they had a deal at the times uh, for Uber and Lyft to pay like a per ride fee rather than the sales tax. And then all the rest of the industries that were involved in this, like uh, Walmart.com or eBay, uh, Airbnb, would pay the sales tax like everybody else. Um, so they came out. You know, they 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 couldn't get it done last year, but you know. This year is a lot different than last year because uh, last year they the perception was they had um, you know, they didn't have a big need for uh, the revenue and this year they certainly think they do.
1: Yeah, we were talking about that shift. It used to hear from Republican leaders, we don't have uh, a you know a, a budget problem. We have a spending, spending problem. problem. And now you're yeah. hearing we don't have a budget problem. We have a
2: collection. Yeah, problem. Yeah, it we don't have a we don't have a revenue, revenue problem. problem. We problem. have a collection problem. Yeah, exactly. And so that. Um, you know, when 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 that when that's hitting you right out the gate, it's pretty unusual um, that they move this quickly on anything. And um, uh, the House Ways and Means Chairman Brett Harrell and uh, Senate Finance Chairman Chuck Hufflett Stedler um, worked on this over the uh, the interim between the sessions, and so they were pretty much ready to go um, when they got here. Um, I'm not sure what, but again, but again, I don't I don't know they would have moved that fat, quite quite that quickly if it weren't for the fact that um, you had a situation where uh, state tax collections are slow and uh, Governor Kemp is, uh, you know, told state agencies, a lot of state agencies, they had to cut spending. So, um, you know, he's made it clear, and I think the legislature's made it clear that, um, that you know, they need to raise enough money to fund the budget.
1: Yeah, I don't want to get into the budget cuts in a second, but uh, if, if this tax, if this what are the marketplace facilitators? Facility, which is yeah. a bizarre <laughs> yeah. and terrible name. Yeah. But if the marketplace facilitators um, bill passes, what does that mean to your average, you know, us when we go home and? Well, it already line, passed. The question is whether the governor signs it. I yeah,
2: say. yeah. So um, it, it, it depends what happens for the rest of the session. But at, if nothing happened as of April first. Um, Essentially, if you bought something through, say, Walmart.com, you bought an eBay product, you, you used Airbnb, you would pay the sales tax on it. There's some uh, question because of legal issues whether, um, whether uh, Uber and Lyft would charge the sales tax or whether that would be delayed. Um, but they're going to come with another bill that would do what they tried to do last year, which is... Um, uh, Charge a per ride fee. Say maybe it'll be I don't know fifty cents a ride or dollar ride. I don't I don't remember what the the exact number was that they were looking at last year. But um, so every time you get a ride, you would pay this. You would kind of this would kind of get tacked on your bill. It wouldn't be a lot of money, I don't think. But it would you know it would be tacked on your bill, and it would you know be a way of charging for a service that is done through an app or third party vendor kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and Uber has come out with its own kind of marketing campaign to support that. They say that uh, otherwise, Georgia Uber rideshare customers would have among the highest taxes in the nation, and so they're they're pushing pretty hard. But there's no guarantee that separate piece of legislation no, passes. No, no, and
2: that's that was that was kind of brought up yesterday. Um, uh, they they what they what they call what you call that in, in legislative parlance is a carve-out. You you pass a law and then you give a certain industry or company um an out and and this isn't the i mean sometimes car vaults are mean uber and lyft customers wouldn't pay taxes this one means that they're they're trying to do it in a in a different way um uh so the, not every state in you know, charge the sales tax which is which is different than what we would be doing here which is i think why they're saying you know it's one of the highest tax rates in the in the in the country, in the
1: nation. Um, let's move on to Governor Governor Kemp because he, in his state of the state, he didn't make any news really at the uh, Eggs and Issues, which is interesting. Eggs and Issues is this annual Georgia Chamber giant event. Twenty six hundred plus people showed up. Right, huge event at a, at a Georgia World Congress Center ballroom. You did
2: get a quote of the day out of it. Yeah, we
1: we <laughs> did. We, we had the, the Chris Clark, the um, uh, the the CEO, the CEO of the chamber. I'm paraphrasing it. I don't have it in front of me, but he said with a straight face that he does not expect Georgia politicians to uh, to play politics. We're, we're above it, essentially. We're, is what we're, he said. Yeah, we're abo- They're above politics, which we'll, we'll find out pretty fast. That, that and might I think not be and true. I think
2: you said it. He said he said it with a straight face, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, yeah, I wrote that he said it with a straight <laughs> face. Um, but you, sometimes we have governors, uh, past governors, have liked to you know make a little oh, yeah. bit of news yeah. uh, and maybe a lot of news at these events. Um, Governor Kemp, not so. He wanted to save all his firepower for the state of the state. It
2: seemed like it seemed like Governor deal also the last few years um, took that tactic. Yeah, That like, that, that they didn't... They, and, and, and you know, the, the, the House Speaker and Lieutenant Governor also speak, and there hasn't been a lot of news. You know, they've been, in, in a lot of years, at least the last four or five years, it seems like they've been holding back and not making, you know, a huge amount of news at that. Yeah,
1: later on that day, we got a dollop of news, which was um, the, the Governor's unveiled his foster care legislation, and pretty non-contentious stuff. We're talking uh, uh, a, a new commission that would look at rules and regulations, um, lowering the minimum age to adopt the foster uh, child from 25 to 21, and tripling a, a tax credit from 2,000 to, to 6,000 for the first five years. Right. Um, so and we're not talking about a huge hit to the state budget, maybe a 1,000 thousand children in the DFAC system mm. are eligible for adoption. And those are yeah. the only the Only ways that you could get that tax credit, so but you know what, what the governor definitely an incentive, star, yeah, it's an yeah. incentive. But as we've noted many, many times, um, these bills have also been the vehicle of a lot of controversy mm-hmm. because, um, conservatives have tried in the past to add on, um, what critics see as anti gay legislation that would make it essentially harder for, for it would, it would allow charities and, and, and certain um uh, adoption agencies to deny placing children in same with same-sex couples
2: I guess it's from our experience of years of, of watching these bills we pretty much have an eye out for any legislation that uh, religious liberty can be attached to because it, it it has been the kind of bill that you know they don't you, you're not putting the bill up itself you're you're you know but the 35th day or the 30th day you're tacking it on another bill and um, yeah you know, this is this is a and, and, and it's it's interesting that we're not the only ones looking at this. There's certainly, uh, you know, legislators are talking about the mm-hmm. same thing, and activists are talking about the same thing. So, it, it won't be too secretive when it happens. No, I think it's I think it'll be kind of anticipated. Glad so. you
1: mentioned that because Matt Wilson is a, a Democrat from Brookhaven, and he tweeted just the other day uh, in in uh, in another state, a neighboring state, they just passed um, similar legislation that is being viewed as anti-gay, and he said, "Eyes out, Georgia, watch yeah. it." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so definitely uh, folks are definitely clued into to what can happen. And we've had this debate in Georgia the last couple of years. What was interesting to me, and we'll get into the budget in a second, but when the governor unveiled his agenda, most of the items were these non-controversial. Mm-hmm. There was no – you look back the past couple of years and – um, Governor Deal had his opportunity school district and he had this hope overhaul and and the Transportation Infrastructure Act that would essentially raise taxes in a conservative government. Right. Um, so there's been lots of big, huge you know, pieces of legislation last year, of course, with the anti-abortion heartbeat bill um, this year, at least in his agenda, a lot of you know, s- seemingly innocuous legislation that is hard for Democrats to come out against.
2: Right. Right. Well, I mean, he- you, you 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 got your base pretty good last year when you got, the, when you passed the heartbeat bill. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what, I don't know how much you need um, to fan that. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure political consultants would say, you know, you, you never don't want to feed it. Um, but... You know, last year we didn't know anything. About, we didn't know about the abortion bill until it happened, really, yeah. and or it until it came up. wasn't part of state of the state. Yeah, and so it, it's it's you know, I I don't really take um, until the, the 40th day. I'm I'm not convinced there won't be you know there could be a gun bill. There could you know kind of the standard things that that the the Republicans lawmakers um, believe the the Republican base wants.
1: Yeah, um, I I um, Governor Deal was was what was one of the lawmaker uh politicians that was kind of honored at that state of the state he was in the the gallery and i went to talk to him after and uh, of course 2016 was the last time we had a presidential election obviously and that was the year religious liberty yep. also passed the legislature it was not part of the governor's agenda nope. it was certainly not in his state of the state speech so we talked a little bit about that a- afterwards because you know, these things can come up, creep up on you pretty fast and end up becoming the biggest debate under the gold dome. Right. And certainly religious liberty was that year. And the governor vetoed it a couple of days after the session. I mean,
2: I mean, because it's an election year, I mean, one of the interesting um, you know, things to watch, I think, um, for Capital Geeks is um, how Speaker Ralston handles these issues, because. Um, you know, he's he has said, on, I, th- I believe it was on religious liberty, I'm, I'm, and I may be misspeaking, but I think it was on religious liberty. He he called it um, solution yeah. looking for a problem. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if if his base says, you know, we need this to hold on to our seats, what you know, where, where do you go with that? I mean, because he his you know, his, one of his top priorities, obviously, if, if, or of any speaker would be to make sure you maintain the majority because you're not speaker anymore if you don't. There is
1: definitely a tension between um, Governor Kemp and Speaker Ralston. And, you know, it, 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 I was reminded of it um, the other day, right after the State of the State speech, the, the speaker had his press conference and a reporter, I can't remember who it was, asked a, a question about about that foster care legislation. Again, we're talking like, you know not yeah. a not a very controversial no. piece not, the question wasn't about the anti gay provision uh-huh. coming in it's it was just the bill like, hey, itself yeah and in st- typically 99 out of 100 t- you know opportunities I, d- I would fully expect Ralston to say yeah you know this is a good piece of legislation glad we're working on common sense things moving forward you know what he did he he said he had he was very leery he had grave concerns about a part of the of the legislation that sets up that commission to, to look at, you know, rules and regulations. And that to me was a, a ring <laughs> Like yeah, this yeah. is not going to be Yeah. Here. If you're
2: not going to accept, if you're not going to go, you know, say, uh, you know, puppies and rainbows over that. You exactly. Know. <laughs> and, the, and the
1: speaker is, is, is the house has put forward all sorts of commissions over the last sure. couple of years that they too have, have, have sponsored. So well, that may
2: they, may, they may have something to do with the fact that, um, as we go in the next segment on the budget, yeah, one of the things that uh, um, Governor Kemp included in his budget was cutting the uh, uh, was I forgot what they call rural yeah. innovations or whatever the the name of their they have a uh, a center that's looking at um, helping the economy and helping innovations in rural Georgia. And, that was one of the budget cuts. so. And that's long been that a priority is,
1: yeah. of not just the speaker, but a lot of the yeah. members of the Republican House caucus. And so let's get into the budget cuts because um, one of the first things, one of the, the biggest news out of the state of state is something you were all over um, and it was the question of whether or not the governor would try to get the remaining $2,000 of his promised $5,000 teacher pay raise this year amid a cycle of budget cuts, which made it right. even harder to get right. it.
2: Well, you know, I, we, I, I wrote that it's he's met his promise after only two years. It gives him two years to do more than $5,000. Yeah, and, you know, and, and if, if the state has money, I mean, the governor is committed to this issue. Um, it sure wouldn't be bad in 2022 to be able to say— uh, I promised you five. I promised you just five thousand dollars. I gave him seven or eight. Yeah. Or, you know whatever the number is. Um, so um, it, it was an interesting step, considering that you're right. I mean, he has state agencies cutting, um, you know, money this year, money next year, and um, uh, you know, the, n- the numbers aren't great in revenue right now. So it, it was an it's interesting gamut because. But on the other hand, I mean, if you're If you're uh, the House and the Senate, uh, how often do they say no to a teacher pay raise? I'm I'm sure it's happened at some point in the last 200 years, but I don't remember a whole lot of times that happened. Yeah.
1: And same thing for Democrats. His entire agenda, the the Democrats held a press conference afterwards and, you know, talked about their overall problems with what was left out of, of Kemp's policies and you know, the need to they want the governor to support expanding Medicaid as they have been for years um, su- uh, supporting. But it was re- it was really hard to for them to say no to any of these individual issues. When I asked yeah. them about how you feel about teacher pay raise, how do you feel about um, foster care? How right. do you feel about uh, a gang crackdown? Do you think that he's overstating the gang crackdown? Even the Senate Minority Leader's defense is like, no, you know, gang gang violence is a very serious issue in Georgia. Sure. And we need to combat it.
2: Well, a couple—I mean, a couple of things um, that that also he he didn't talk about in the state of the state. But if you look through the budget and and um, look at the numbers, that I find interesting both um, politically. Number one is he doesn't—he did not include um, a reduction in revenue that would um, that would naturally come from lowering the state income tax yeah. for the second time. If if the legislature decides um, to come back and lower the income tax again, which the, the, this is a year that's kind of set up to do that because of uh, legislation that passed two years ago, um, they would have to find uh, $550 million, which is a lot of money, which is more money than the governor's actually cutting uh, in his budget proposal. So that would, you know, that. Unless they somehow figured another way to raise it, which I don't think they, you know, I haven't heard anything that's going to raise that much money, uh, at least so far. Um, you know, that that would likely force them to cut uh, health care or education or both at some point. Um, the other thing is it's, that's and it is kind of hard for um, uh, critics to get their arms around it because it's not something that's like really right now um, – uh, uh, tangible for Georgians is that the budget is full of agencies um eliminating vacant positions. Mm-hmm. We wrote a story about this last More than month. Thousand it was 12 1200, 1200 positions they're saving, you know, uh probably either a third or or maybe 40 45% of their savings this year would be eliminating vacant positions. That's not something you you know the fact that you don't have these 1200 jobs. Now now some of those Positions were vacant for, you know, a year Years. or more. I mean, so it's not it's not like they were all positions that, you know, the public would, I mean, first of all, that existed in the sense that there were actually people in those jobs at one time or, or hadn't been for a long time. But there are also a bunch of those positions that, you know, down the road, now, now you know, this election year, you may, you may be like, yeah, oh, good, you know, they got rid of these vacant positions, saved some money. But down the road, I mean, the public could see impact for
1: like we're talking about what county health inspector it, well State yeah it was, inspector? it's
2: like you know uh the Ag- department of agriculture lost um positions for um food safety mm-hmm. in, you know uh, investigators gbi lost uh, crime lab you know vacant positions um DFACs, uh child welfare and benefits uh, the one of the more interesting ones that. Um, I thought just because the the legislature, um, like pretty much all legislatures in Congress, um, make a big effort to um, talk about their support for veterans in the, in the military, um, but the, but Veterans Affairs would lose people would lose positions in the area where um, staffers help veterans make sure they're getting their benefits. So I mean, there it, again that. It, we may not notice any. Oh, uh, driver safety. Uh, some of the some. I'm mean, not driver safety. Uh, drivers license services um, might lose some counter people uh, or positions that would be filled for counter people. Now, um, so yeah, you. They look like just numbers, but and it may be no. There may be no effect from it, but there may be effect from it. And but we won't see it for, you know, six months a year or whatever. Um and and you know the governors. Uh, uh, I think position on that, and and this has been um, borne out, um, you know, over the last few budget crises, is, is there are a lot of you know vacant positions, and he would call it padding uh, of budgets with positions. Um, so some of those, some of those, like I said, maybe no effect at all.
1: Another quote from the Ralston Ra- is is speaker ralston is uh, you know one man's uh, he said this at, at, at eggs and issues he essentially said uh, one man's wasteful expenditures is another one's livelihood right 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 so- well
2: well i mean the, you know the perfect example of that is and the one one that like i think you know you could see steam rising from the rural caucus was the, was the elimination of a lot of positions and again i think they were all vacant it may have been a few that weren't um in ag extension at at, uh, uga i had a uh, legislator point out to me that the uh i believe it is the dean of the the ag school there will be retiring and and he and he was saying you know how how are we going to recruit the the best person for that job when they when they're going to come in and they'll you know and see uh, budget cuts in ag
1: yeah an issue that's very near and dear to his heart now these these cuts aren't Final yet, right? This is the starting nope. yeah. point. Yeah. We're, we're just beginning. You're just beginning. So sh- set up the next week because there's a, a round of hearings that you'll be covering all about this.
2: It'll be interesting next week because we the, we had budget hearings uh, maybe a month, um, maybe a month uh, after uh, the governor uh, you know announced the cuts. But those hearings were just were were basically economists and other people who were in. Um, who talk, were talking about uh, the state of various parts of the economy, talking to legislators and kind of give them, giving them the, uh, the lay of the land uh, for the next 18 months. Um, and so um, that wasn't really a budget. I mean, essentially, the governor's office made it clear to agencies, don't come, don't, you know, I don't want you to, I don't want us to have budget hearings that we normally have in January and, in September. So so agencies will come before the legislature and they'll talk about um, kind of what the governor has proposed and that kind of that if if you know how to read a budget it, that's kind of boring because there's a lot of it is repeating you know what what you can read if you want to read it if you care to read it but the question and answer part is will be the part that's interesting because these agencies um, have not been before directors have not been before the legislature since the budget cuts so they will have to answer questions that legislators will have about this but that this next week is kind of I mean the governor making is putting out the budget and the budget hearings are kind of the first step and mm-hmm. then um, this year promises to be the most interesting in a long time because as you said um, um, the, 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 the House in particular um, is going to be looking at the gov- what the governor is doing and, um, with a really close eye.
1: Well, stay tuned to all James reporting because he will be living in that uh, hearing room the next couple days. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, James. Thank you. That's all for this edition of the Politically Georgia podcast. Visit AJC.com politics for all the latest in Georgia news. I'm Greg Bluestein, signing off.